Welcome to another episode of Boss Talk, presented by Aspire by Children's Network. We have a powerful woman today as a special guest. Um, we are starting Woman Empowerment Month, so I'm going to let her introduce herself and her business. Hi, everyone. I'm Charlotte Sahadio. I am the owner of Sahadio Financial Services, which is a virtual CFO and bookkeeping company for small businesses. I've been in business for almost three years now. I've worked in corporate America for 25 plus years. Um, I come from all kind of different areas. I was born in PR and I was raised in Hoboken, then New York, then we moved to Philly. So um, I just wanted to provide services where um, small businesses from the community can generate um, generational wealth with for a lack of a better term, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself in that respect, but um, that's what I wanted to better understanding, right? Because in corporate America, like it's very easy to like um, get in the midst of all the lingo when it comes to small business. Like if I have a cousin that's starting her business, she doesn't know about the P&Ls and so on and so forth until she starts reading books about, you know, all of this other stuff and can get lost in, in, in translation. This is where I come in, right? I, I know how to speak corporate America language and I also know how to speak my peeps. So <laughs> that's why I like to concentrate with uh, small businesses and um, folks that really are saying, hey, Shar, you know, I'm, I'm hustling out there, I'm getting my money, but I'm not seeing it in the bottom line. And then that's where I come in and be like, all right, we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to get here. So that's what I do. Yeah, I might have to hire you for my clothing line. Um, Let's do it. What what was what did you see? What was the the element that was missing that you seen and you're just like, oh, I have to do this. Well, um, I will be honest with you. When I started in corporate America, I started from a nonprofit sector, and um, uh, when I started with a nonprofit sector, then I said, listen, this is not where the money is going to be at, and I know that. When you're a nonprofit, you're always relying on grants to get you through, right? And um, that's great and Dan, and that's, you know, I, I did my time, whatever. But I said, okay, I need to start looking for ways where I can start making money for myself. And I decided to just throw myself in there because I'm crazy like that, right? I have an undergrad in psychology and I was like, I could do business, can't do business. So this day I can't do math in my head, but I can talk numbers, you know, I can be like, yo, we're not doing that. Um, and so once I started getting into business, I realized that I had to start from the bottom. And when you're looked as the only brown person in the room, you're basically always entry level, right? It takes a lot for you to become that voice where you're like, no, you're not just going to look at me as just entry level. So then they start giving you the roadblocks. So I'm like, well, you don't have the degree in that. So I was like, I got you. And I went and got a degree in that. And then it was like, well, what, what other doors are you closing for me? And if you're closing it for me, when I'm looking around in corporate America, I don't see anybody else looking like me, let alone a woman of color, right? So I said, damn, you know, and then I started in my off time, if you can believe there was off time, because I was a geek like that. <laughs> um, I would do things like that the Latino Film Festival came to Philly. I would do things like that. And I would talk to folks and they were like, they were meeting up with these higher ups. And as soon as they got some level of success, they will never hire in-house. They will never hire from the community. They will always hire, um, I don't wanna get like too racial with it, but they will always hire outside of, their, of our race. And the problem is that we have this misconception of trusting the outside race because they know more about numbers, right? Because in corporate America, you don't look around and see people that look like us. So they say, well, you know, I'll trust this company. Well, no, there's nobody else that's going to really talk your language than somebody who's been there, done that, and been in their world. So that's where I saw the gap. That's why I said, you know what, I need to, I need to get in here and I need to learn as much as I can. And I still haven't outgrown being a geek, but um, I know that if I sit down with anybody, I can get down with it, let that be somebody from a different race as well as somebody from my own community where I'll see, I'll look at papers. I like, this is not benefiting you or I can go into corporate America and the same aspect will still remain. And um, it's funny cause that's why I said in the beginning of the, of the talk, I was like, I don't restrain myself to being in the lingo of 
what's acceptable in corporate America, I call bullshit on bullshit. You know, I'll be like, we're not doing that. Or you giving me my money. Like I've been, I've, I've been that person where I'd be like, oh, you will not, <laughs> we're going to fight. We, you're going to get me paid. So that's <laughs> well, well, maybe the best thing to say, but I always go hard for my clients. And I go hard for them because I know that other folks are trying to take advantage of them without the race being a component, but because of the fact that it hasn't been well spoken to within our community. It, it's not something that other folks, it definitely wasn't something that my mom sat me down and was like, this is what loans are. And this is what interest rate is. And this is how you invest your money. And this is why you don't do this. You know, I, I was at time credit cards like, yeah, that's free money. Let me get that. Yeah, that's how I thought when I first got my first credit card. It was like $2,000 and I maxed it out. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I feel as though financial literacy is one of the biggest voids we have in the community, period. Um, I There's no way around it. Financial yep. literacy should be really implemented. Um, and Inspired by True Events Network is coming with that real soon. Um yes. What do you think is the biggest misconception um, of businesswomen? Um, that they're too emotional to really put any head to any real uh, concrete uh, business decisions. And um, that is definitely a misconception because um, I definitely, I can speak personally where folks, I've had folks tell me that I'm very much like a man in that respect because I try to separate that. And any woman can tell you, like when it comes about her bag and her money that she's worked hard for, we're not playing, you know, we just, this is what it is. This is what we're going to do. This is the service that you provided. You're going to get us paid, you know? Um, but it's been so many years that um, it's hard to be assertive in this industry, in the financial world as a woman. So um, it's easier for us to be like, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say it like this, but you know, um, I don't want to ask for a raise. I know things are hard, but, um, I only think it's fair, you know, and it took a lot of years for me to get out of that, uh, space. And then when I did get out of that space, like you're being too emotional, Charlotte, no mofo, you know, <laughs> I'm being as emotional as the last dude that just left this yeah. office. You so a lot of the misconception in this industry, particularly that I can speak on is that folks higher up, like the CFOs and, and the VP of finance, when I was coming up, thought that women are too emotional, you know, and unfortunately, some of us, meaning women, we kind of feed into that because we start with the gossip or we start with the cattiness or we start with this and that and the other. And that kind of comes, it, it kind of plays against us, but that's one of the biggest misconceptions. So once you get there, it's like, it's this emotional chick coming in and yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know if you know, but it's 70, uh, 7% of the industry is ran, um, executives are women, only 7%. Yep. How do you feel about that? Well, how do you think I feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> like, how, 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 how do you, what do you think females could do to, to obtain more executive positions in corporate America? Well, I think they need to definitely stop being afraid. Um, to ask for what you know you're worth. And I also think, um, and it's not for me, I don't care if I get in trouble for saying this or not, but um, you have to get yourself educated, right? So that if you go into a room and you are in a genre of finance, you can speak their lingo. You can say, okay, yeah, I understand what you're saying. And oftentimes um, it's harder for us because as women, um, particularly Latina women, we're so much about family and taking care of the kids and the husband and you got to be like this and you got to be like that that on top of everything else to become fully educated in in the language of finance it's a hard it's a hard thing to do right and I get it I understand which is probably why I had my kid super late in life but it is what it is but at the same time I know what it is to be at one o'clock in the morning still studying and still reading the financial times to get up and up and it never was truer for me than when I started in corporate finance and in the corporate world where my mom once said to me, you got to be twice as good to be considered even in the same playing field. And as a woman, I would dare say that we have to be like three times to four times better than our counterparts. 
Um, because men, you know, men can be that assertive. They can be that aggressive. And I've seen Latino men be like, oh, wait, what word? You're not giving, oh no, you're going to pay me the same thing you pay. For a woman, it's a little bit harder, you know? Yeah, so. do, do you believe it's uh, more uh, self-confidence? I do. I do. I, I think, that, but that comes again with education and knowing what you're worth and not being afraid to ask for what you're worth. And the best way that I've explained it to my nieces and even the females in my life is to say, you know, when you're in a relationship or when you start dating a guy, um, you know, the whole labels things, like oh, I'm chilling with him, but he's not my boyfriend. And I don't want to say, hey, you're my boyfriend because, you know, I don't want him to think I'm into labels. F that. If you're into labels, this mofo better be into labels because if we're not jiving, then you need to go, right? The same is true with corporate America. The same is true with any business. The same is true even I would dare say when you're negotiating a contract and you're negotiating money. Even as small as your mortgage, the same thing is true. You're going to say what you want and you're going to be um, firm about it. And if the person is not willing to give you and the other counterpart is not willing to give you business-wise what you, what you are asking for and you're not willing to compromise, you need to be ready to walk. And that happens a lot with with um with profession and it happens a lot when negotiating salaries and as a woman we kind of become a little bit like well, i don't want to lose my job and the truth of the matter is that if you look at reality you're not going to be the rest of your life jobless <laughs> you yeah, know definitely <laughs> you know I, what i mean it's I like that first, yeah it's like that first heartbreak that first heartbreak everybody think oh we're never going to find anybody like that and then you find the next and then you're like what was i thinking <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, that's true though. That's really true. That's yep. definitely true. Um, let's talk more about your business. What what financial services do you offer? Well, I when it comes to the virtual CFO thing, we look at um, or I look at into financial analysis. We look at the forecasting, the trending, your baselining. Um, I like to dedicate a large part of my time into looking at your expense analysis. Where is your money going? And how can we best utilize the money that's actually going to be uh, used to make the business run into something that is going to be profitable? A lot of the um, entrepreneurs that I've been in contact with and that have worked with me, um, those do things like, I don't know, a good example, like internet service, right? There's a lot of business accounts that you can get nowadays. And not always do you need to get all the gigabytes that they're offering. But, you know, because you want the biggest and the baddest and you don't want to freeze up in the middle of a meeting, well, then you go for the biggest. Guess what? That doesn't serve you. So I look at things like that. And then in some instances for some businesses that have been running for a couple of years, I do forensic accounting. And what that is, is that I look at the expenses that you've had in the past, what was allocated correctly and what wasn't, if you overpaid, if you underpaid, if now a vendor is saying, hey, you owe us this money, you look at, you know, because uh, some of us, when we're doing business, we just want to get a pin and get it out of our hair, right? We don't want to mess up our credit score. We don't want to mess anything up. You just want to be like, all right, I owe you this. All right, here you go. Boom, boom, boom. But at the same time, there are vendors that take advantage of that and they themselves don't do their books correctly. And a lot of times, small businesses go with that trusting of, well, I probably do owe him because I do remember doing this business with this person and I, I am going to need this, this person for the future. So let me just pay him and get him out of the way. Okay, that's great. But that's where I come in. Like, you be the good guy. You can just like, as far as I tell, I tell all my clients, like, let me be that bitch. You know, just be like, she's being a bitch this week. Like, Charlie's <laughs> just for you, you know. And I just be that person, but I know that at the end of the day, it all translates into profits. What's your bottom line, right? Because it doesn't serve you to be to finally say, "I'm doing this. This is my dream. This is my goal," and you're constantly working for sales, and you don't benefit from that because you're spending your money and things that don't serve you, and you overspending. To be quite honest, but that's in essence, in a nutshell, what I do. That's definitely what happened to me. Uh, my first go on um saying well i rebranded my clothing line it was luxury lifestyle first and it wasn't working out so i put i, I rebranded to saint luxury and now i'm doing like things like super legit um before i was in um reporting anything recording anything i was just spending money money coming i'm spending it right so now i'm trying to track all my expenses and my inputs my outputs um why 
do you believe that element is missing in the communities? Like, do you believe it's because of um, accessibility? Like people just can't access or it's just think, like the fear of it? I think as a network, I mean, if you're lucky enough to have somebody in your crew that you chill with that is into accounting or is into finance, that's great. You're blessed in that respect. But um, let's keep it real. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, a lot of my friends, when I was coming up that we were like on Fifth and Gerard or something like that, when they were chilling, I wasn't chilling. You know, I had two jobs. I was going to Temple. I was, I was doing what I needed to do. So not many folks until later. There are people, like, I don't know if you're old enough to know that uh, show Martin, where everybody thought Tommy didn't have a job. That's me in many aspects. Like, they're like, Charlie, what do you do? And I'm like, what the? How many times am I going to tell you what I do in life, right? Yeah. And what happens is that there's a, there's a lack of networking within our own community. And um, there's that. And then the second aspect of it is the lack of trust because you know that person. So it, it's a little bit, um, the only way that I can explain it in biblical sense, right? Because I don't want to get too churchy on you, is... Um, how Jesus said that even in his own country, in his own, um, in his own city in Nazareth, nobody took him serious, right? You have to go abroad. You have to do your thing abroad to really be taken serious. And it's only when you're a success that everybody around you in your neighborhood think, oh, he's the shit, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the same thing is true when it comes to certain services. Like, why is it that they came by from your brand, but they're very quick to go to Macy's and spend, drop money on other people's brands that already had to come up. You understand me? Right. So the same with service-based uh, industries where they might say, well, Shar does have a master's and she does do finance and she does, but I know Shar, you know, and I just, I know it's like lending money to a family member. Like, you know what I'm saying? And um, I think that's one of our biggest determined, but at the, at the same time, there's nobody that's going to fight harder for you than me because you, you my peeps, you know what I mean? And if, if you rise, we're rising together. So that's, you know. I, I uh, got, there's a lot, uh, like friends, whoever, uh, wanted whatever I got going on for free. Did it ever, anybody ever come up to you, yeah. extra stuff for free? Yeah, like they'll say, um, let me pick your brain. That's the biggest thing when it comes to service space. Let me pick your brain about this. And I'm like, and then I was, um, I was naive enough that very, a lot of times they'll say to me, let me pick your brain and I'll sit there because that's how I am. And I'm like, sure, what's up? And they'll just sit there. And a conversation that could take 15 to 20 minutes now is taking an hour. And it just came to a point that I was like, listen, um, this is great. Let's put a pin on this. Schedule a meeting with me. We'll talk. We'll do this business right. And at that point, then you start like filtering out who's really serious and who's really there just to get like a freebie out of you, you know? So um, it becomes hard because it's the, the perpetual hookup. Wherever you go, let me get a hookup. And for the service base, Shard, so what you think? And they always catch me right when I'm drinking my glass of wine because I'm a lightweight. So they're like, she's going to start talking like in a couple of minutes, right? Jokes on dumb. I get quiet when I drink. So it's like, yo, I don't know. <laughs> it's whatever. Yeah, well, um, so I see you do bookkeeping also, right? Mm -hmm. Can you explain? I, I have an accounting degree. So I pretty much know like the ins and outs, but like our followers, our listeners, um, can you explain what bookkeeping is for those who's trying to get a, a business and don't understand the financial literacy part of it? Yeah. So here's the good thing about it is that it's so funny that you hit me up because I actually am giving a free ebook on business finance and business one-on-one. They can actually go on my IG and download it and it's free. But when it comes to bookkeeping, the best way to I, I can explain it is that whatever money is coming in and you're expending it, it has to go to the right bucket. So it's almost like when grandma, um, well, my grandma, she had big boobs, right? And she had this little coin purse. It was like this black coin purse with the little silver thing, right? She had two of them. She had one for each boob, right? So for one boob, I know it's getting a little, but I'm going to bring it together. Trust That's why. me. <laughs> for one boob was the bills. You know, so when she got her money, she would put this, you know, roll it up, put it in this, and then she put it under her boob, right? And then for the other boob was the expenses around the house. 
accounting and very like it's it, that's a very simplistic way of putting it but that's in essence what it is right and um so in essence when you get the sales that you're making and you have different accounts then those different accounts are where you allocate each of the money the problem here is that you want to make sure you keep track of what you're spending month over month because that's how you start comparing so you start seeing and allocating your budget differently if you say to yourself well you know i spent just I'm gonna use your business as an example. And um, Costa and your cogs in your, if you're getting like, if you are getting your sweatshirts from somebody else from a different vendor and you're doing your printing from somebody else and then you're doing your graphics from someplace, someplace else, you want to make sure you allocate accordingly to however much it is that you are spending on one unit, right? So if you say to yourself, well, damn, I'm spending more on the printer than I even spending on the sweatshirt, then you start going, why is that? Do I need to start shopping around? And this is where the accounting piece is so integral in, in a small business person's mind, because it's not only about just making sure that you're putting things in the right account, it's using that information for the benefit of your business. I, uh, like you use me as an example, it's totally honest. Uh, when I dropped out, um, my first drop ever was June 26th. That's my grand opening. Um, I spent 900 on 56 shirts, um, screen, uh, a screen printed and it came out wrong, came out messed up, but I paid. So I had to keep it. Right. I didn't make my money back, obviously, right. but I transitioned to, I cut all the middleman off. I go directly to a wholesaler, get my, I create my own designs. I do my mm -hmm. own printing, my own pressing. And I forgot about the accounting part of it and mm -hmm. i just was like oh i know i spent six dollars yep. to get this whole hoodie and i'm selling it for 45. i'm yeah. calculating everything in my head but i'm not writing it down so mm -hmm. now i'm sitting here like damn what i spent last month right you know and i feel like people really have to start recording their expenses what they yes what they get or what their profits and expenses um right especially if you're a female uh, I'm not no. I'm a man, so I don't. I I don't speak on like female things. That's why we having this forum where it's females coming on. Um, yeah, because it's a lot of single moms, and I just want. I was raised with a by a single mom, so I want all single moms to be educated enough that you don't need no man. You don't need somebody to to take care of you and your family, you and your kids. Right. So I, I strongly believe like financial services is big on um, financial literacy oh. big um oh, yeah. and that's why i really when edwin come uh, mentioned you i'm like oh i have to get her you know yeah i really need her to explain the financial world to to females to men too because men go tune into us but um especially women um what do you believe ladies women females need the most <laughs> Like, because uh, this is girls too, like teenagers, stuff like yeah. that, that they create in their businesses now. Um, what do you think should be their first step they take in any financial uh, situation? As far as starting their business? Yes. Okay, so I've said this to my, my, my nieces and I've also have said it to a couple of the girls that I see coming up, right? Because um, it's important that they start off right because the foundation of the business, how you set it up, is really how rocky or how stern you're going to be for years to come. So I always say, how far do you see this happening? Like, how far do you see this going on? Because as a business owner, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice that's going to come. You know, it doesn't like it's not like when you have a nine to five. As, as soon as you clock out, you clock out. You know, you can go on happy hour, whatever. Happy hour at times as a business owner is me. Like the turn up is really Friday night and I'm still doing reporting. And a lot of folks, young and old, kind of miss that. Right. So the first thing I ask is, how far do you see this happening? Do you want it just to be Instagram famous? Or do you want it as far as a generational wealth type thing? Do you want this actually making you money to the point that you never have to worry about it again, right? What is your why? You know, is your why because you're a single mom or is your why because you see your mom like cleaning houses and you never want to see her do that again, right? So I start with that and that is going to tell me what business structure they should go after.
because after they tell me they're white, we're like, well, sure, you know, I'm just trying to make a little, you know, a little change. Okay, that tells me stay with a sole proprietorship, you know, make sure you keep tabs of the expenses that you're going with and keep it pushing, right? If somebody tells me, no, Char, you know, this is this is me. There is no plan B for me. This is this is my main thing. Okay, get yourself an LLC. So I look at their why, I look at, you know, how far along do they see this happening? And then I look at their business structure. I give them input as, to, as far as the business structure is concerned. And then the next thing I say to them is like, look after your credit report. It's true when they say that in the streets, like if he's a bad pay or she's a bad pay, you looked upon very negatively in the streets. Mm -hmm. The same is true with banks. The same, but the, the bad thing is that they give you a number, like at least in like, and when you're in the hood, you can move out that hood, you know, and you go to a different, <laughs> and nobody knows. It's going to lend you the next 20 bucks, right? No. And, and when it comes to banks, they give you a number, they give you a grade. So I always say to them, watch how much you owe and make sure that you keep tabs and make sure that you pay back. Don't ever ask for more than you know that you can pay back within at least two years. If you know you can't pay that back within two years, the exceptions obviously would be something long-term, like it would be like a mortgage or something like that, right? But don't take out a loan because you want to buy yourself some product. You know what I mean? Like, I have to say that because I've seen girls do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I look at, yeah, but it's true. I look at the longevity, I look at their business structure, and then I tell them, become completely aware financially of what you're doing, okay? And it's a little bit harder than, than one would think. What I mean by that is that when you go to the store, you constantly do a math in your head, particularly when it comes to your business. If I go to Office Max and I wanna buy ink and I wanna buy paper, okay, so but okay, so that's part of my budget, all right, I'm taking that out. That means that if I gotta go to Target, I'm not buying any more stuff under that bucket. Mm -hmm. Become financially aware of what you're doing. Um, you spoke on LCs and sole proprietorships. Can you explain the difference um, between yeah. the two? Well, with sole proprietorships, what most, um, most business, small business owners start with, um, most hustlers start with, um, where, sorry, that's my son. Uh, <laughs> I have a five-year-old, sorry. He sends me kisses, you gotta send them back. Um, with sole proprietors, basically, whatever you put out there is somebody, if you, as a, as a financial uh, person, if somebody decides to sue me because whatever advice I gave them made them get a loss rather than a profit, as I promised, I said, no, you're definitely going to make a gain out of this. They can sue me. And what's at stake is not only my reputation, but also whatever assets I may have. They're no longer protected, right? When you get an LLC, um, you get almost the same benefits financially and from the IRS tax-wise, where all of the uh, taxes go stream through your income. But you get a little bit of a protection if you do things right from anybody that needs to sue you, right? And if I'm service-based, I want to make sure I get protection against errors and omissions, business um, insurance, because I want to make sure when it comes to service-based, um, people can sue you based on their perception of your services, right? So... Um, unless it's, is unless it's, it's plain black and white that I did the job, right. The, you know, obviously if they sue me, they will never go anywhere, but if it's something about perception, well, you could have given them this advice. Why did you give them this advice? Then they can sue and say, well, she did that on purpose. And oh. now I have, right. So I always say, this is why that first question comes into play. How far do you see this happening for you? You know, do you want to invest is this your dream? Is your why strong enough? Because if it is, then you should go with an LLC. If it's not, then stay as a sole proprietor, sell some pinchos and limbas and call it a day, you know? <laughs> it's, I, see, I never really got into like the LLCs. Now that we created the network and we like, uh, I created my, my brand. I'm not, it's all LLCs at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel as though People really, they, everybody say, oh, get LLC, get LLC, but they not, uh, nobody educating the difference between the, the two. Right. Um, and I, I want to say thank you because I didn't know. I didn't know the yeah. difference. And but it's I obviously have a degree. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Like, listen, that's what I'm here for. But it's obviously more stuff that, like, that was a very simplistic high level of the difference between sole proprietorship and LLCs. Like, 
it, of sole proprietorship. It's like, you know, if you go to Fifth and Indiana and you see that truck where they used to sell Mavis and all this other stuff, that's a sole proprietor. They make whatever. If God forbid you drink one of their drinks or eat one of their platanos and you become sick because there was some sort of situation happening with that, you can't sue them. Or if you do sue them, that's it. It's their truck is everything, you know? So yeah. that, whereas with an LLC, that's where you have like restaurants and stuff like that, unless they're, they're not really thinking and they just go as a sole proprietor for a restaurant, which they're not allowed to do, but. Oh yeah. Cause my, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend, we, when I was in college, she moved with me and we were selling food platters. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we didn't have nothing. We were just out the house with it and platters. Mm -hmm. And um, now she has her own channel on our network, Juju's Kitchen, where she teaches mm -hmm. people how to make food, like Sofrito. She taught somebody yeah. Sofrito last week. Today, she's she's recording uh, the Dona Tacos. Mm -hmm. So, um, and we could start selling food again. And now that you told me that, like, I, I know, I, I already knew she was going to get an LLC, but now the Definitely, like after you gave that example, like no, like you have to get an LLC. I want to say yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, no problem, no. Um, and then when COVID, there's a lot of other aspects, but that can I can send you some more information on that. When you going through these small businesses, their expenses, their their books, what do you see the biggest discrepancy? Like they buy stuff with their business credit card for their personal gain and they'll think that they can go ahead and deduct it like they'll buy things like they'll go to the mall and buy a suit and they're like well i can deduct it no no you can't you know did you buy that suit particularly for a reason was there a gala happening no okay or they'll go and they'll go to lunch and they'll deduct 100 percent of the expenses and that's also wrong you are only allowed to uh spend 50 percent or or deduct 50% of whatever it is for travel and entertainment. So you never really claim whatever you spent. You claim whatever you spent for that said client, you know, or, or if it's an employee thing for the said employees. So I see a lot of discrepancy in that respect because, you know, with small businesses, they'll get like an American Express and they think, oh, I got this, you know, let me just, you know, and because you want to stunt and whatever, what the problem is, it, it's not always a business expense. And um, they'll say, well, let's get creative with it. I was like, oh, yeah, trying to send me to jail. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got me messed up. Like, yeah, no. I, ain't going, I ain't going to jail. It's a lot of people. I see a lot of people, they go get business credit and they go live lavish. Go yeah. What? Like, I understand yeah. they've really given out a lot of money right now. Yeah. But why? Like, your business should be booming. If you spending sixty, hundred thousand, man, you better have a building. Yeah. To to house everything. If you have six businesses, house that in that one building. Yeah. Um, I feel as though it's just it's more of a stunt to have a business now. Like people just want to to flex on. Oh, I got this business. I'm flexing on you. I'm more successful than you. Yeah. But to be honest, you still living with your mom, homie. Like exactly. Oh, you got like, all that. Are you still living there? Yeah, entrepreneurship now. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think that entrepreneurship now has become that's why I said it earlier today about whether you're trying to start on Instagram. You want to become Instagram famous. Because um you see a lot of, you know, if you look at the profiles, they'll say things like boss bitch, you know, or boss babe, or you know, I'm a boss. I'm like Stop, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, but no, I'm trying sure. to. For but sure. I'm like, stop, stop it, stop. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not boss to stunt just because you got, you know. And they, oh, it. Watch around April, from February to April, you're gonna see. Look at the profiles. I'm a boss, bitch. I'm a boss. This is the boss life, and it's like you just got your tax refund. Like, calm it down, you right. know. Like go go flip your your refund or something. Yep. Um, that, I I try like in our meetings we always said like our biggest goal is to slow burn it until we don't have to work no more. You know, like right. we ain't trying to have that popcorn effect where tomorrow we famous or tomorrow yeah. we hit this big lick and we got paid. We trying to have like I have a son. I have eleven month year old son. I want oh. these kids to live off of this, like you know. Yeah. So yeah, and all my friends, they we all on the same boat where like they they look at my son like they're like their nephew. So they're yeah. like, yo, 
if he not right, like we not doing it right, you know? Right. So um right. I definitely I feel like people don't have business goals. Like their goal is oh, I just wanna make it. I just wanna yeah. I just wanna is- create this thing and be okay with it. And they really don't have no long term goals for for their for themselves and for their business. Right. I think I I think exact what that is the, the definition of their goals. What are their goals, right? And how do you define that? quantitatively like as far as numbers does that mean this year i made 50 g's based on the business i started okay well let's look at it realistically what is 50 g's really buy you right um i it, lack of definition same and i hear a lot i just want to make it i just want to be all right i just want to be make sure my kid is all right all right well how much is it going to take for your kid to be all right as far as the figure is concerned right does that mean him being all right in the sense of have his college education already paid for okay well then we need to we need to look into that you there are accounts where you can now invest in today's price for the college education and then for when he's 18 he'll have it you don't he don't have to worry about that does that definition mean that you want to give your son everything well then maybe that's not the best idea because the biggest lesson comes from struggle right so it's a, it's about defining. And the next thing is, once you get your profits, what are you doing with that? Is that money working for you? Are you just letting it get simple interest or are you compounding interest? Are you uh, uh, buying CDs? Are you buying bonds? You know, what is their, their APYs on that? Like things like that. You know, if you get a loan, if you get a mortgage, what is your APR on that? How much more is that going to cost you in the long run? So that's what somebody like me comes on. So like, I'm not a Debbie Downer in that respect. I will applaud anybody's anybody's like jive. I'll be like, good, you got a loan. Okay, let me look at the numbers. And then they're like, damn, Shara, like, can I just have this for me? I'm like, you had this for you, but what good am I in your life if I don't tell you, yo, you're paying too much for that loan? So, yeah. I, um, I was working for Geisinger Medical Center. Um, it's a hospital up here. And I, they put me in a 401k and I actually Roth. 401k and he looked mm-hmm. at me like how you know that like i'm like yo <laughs> like because yeah. i know you know yeah. and they picked the stocks for me i'm like yeah. no, you gotta open that up for me like i need a yeah. i need to choose yeah. my bonds and all that and it was like kind of frustrated with me because like oh nobody everybody just accept what they we give them right. like no i don't want to do that you know i know what i want and right. long story short my stocks profited way more than everybody else's yeah. and they let me go um, through the COVID in June and Man. they sent me my money. Um, and it was way more than I expected. I only like invested probably like 1500 and yeah. it was, like, like half of what I would make in a year working there. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Yeah. And it's just the knowledge, the education that I, I, I teach myself a lot of things, you know, um, yeah. I really read up on stocks, bonds, all that. Mm-hmm. And I tried like two years ago. I tried to educate people on stocks on Facebook. Uh, I had no LLC, no nothing. It's just like me just teaching. Yeah. Nobody listened to me. Times got hard. I sold all my stocks, and now those stocks are skyrocketing. Like, yeah, I probably missed out on like a hundred k on just selling out. You know, yeah. It's, people don't understand. It's way more money than. It's it's so much money out here, so many avenues you could go through. Just not you don't have to go clock in every day. Yeah. You know? Um, I was still working and still doing stocks, still doing my clothes. Right. So I could be more comfortable, have more of a of a cushion where if this job go wrong, go left, I have right. everything situated, you know? Right. Um what do you believe that how can I say it? I don't wanna I don't wanna sound improper. Uh, go <laughs> like uh like people say oh um i put three thousand into my account into my into my business i ain't make nothing back i ain't make nothing back but they made everything in cash like mm-hmm. you know like cash uh hand-to-hand cash what do you right. say to those type of people because i was like that i'm like yo I, I got everything in cash like i don't remember how much i got right know? um it's not serving them. People like that usually go bankrupt or go out of business within the first to second, maybe the third year in. Um, and usually those industries are the industries that there's a, their money changes quickly, right? There's a, there's a high turnover. 
things such as, um, I don't know, uh, construction, things of that nature where, you know, they give you a large sum of, of money and then you kind of like maneuver it and then you got a lot of cash on hand and you, you know, every day you take 20 bucks here, a hundred dollars here and it doesn't work. Um, they don't take into consideration some of the contingency parts of the business and the industry for that matter. So when somebody tells me when I've had clients where um, I sit down with them and I always try to vibe out with them because I, that's going to give me an idea. Okay. Like if I go ham on this person, like, are we going to be duking it out? <laughs> so like, not going to understand me. And um, I always thought, like, look, like, no disrespect, but like the way that you're going, you're going to get be out of business within the next three years. So, you know, you can pay me now for the next year and we'd be good at that, but I'm not going to expect you to be my client for the next two years. And um, that a lot of that goes hand in hand with improper uh, uh, forecasting and baselining. Right. And what that means is that. I've had clients where, because I, I have NDAs with my clients, so I'm like trying to be like as, I want nobody suing my ass and be like, bitch, why <laughs> it, right? So um, I've had clients where certain aspects of their life were, were in disarray, where they had like two baby moms, right? And they might be like, well, I had to, I had to like give her money because my son, this, that, and the other. And then you're like thinking to you, I get it. You know, I have, I have a kid, I get it. But that shouldn't interfere into your business money. Right. If you don't have it in your personal account, you don't have it. And you need to go back and be like, look, I don't have it. Or you need to make sure that you hustle harder for the next client so that you can get it right. You can't go by what just the outside noise and what the, the needs and necessities as far as financial to interfere if they weren't part of that forecast for your business. Because what's going to happen is that there's always going to be an emergency. There's always a fire to put out. You know what I mean? Like your car breaks down, you got to go, you know, now I got to take out like maybe a G to get this done. And, or where's it going to come? Well, you know, you, you're not saving in your rainy day fund because your financial literacy on a personal finance sucks. Right. So guess where it's going to come from? It's going to come from your business. And what happens with that? Well, if you have licenses to pay, if you have employees to pay, if you have a, a large order, if it's like product based and you have a large order to fulfill, you're not going to have that money there. Where's that money going to come from? And this is where a lot of my clients have come into a lot of trouble when they go and say, well, I'll just go get a business loan. What happens is like when you're trying to turn cash that quickly, the banks smell fear and they say, well, okay, we can lend it to you, but it'll be like 15%. It'll be 20%. And at this point, you're paying almost twice of what you just took out. Is that really like a smart thing to do? Not really. And then they wonder why their business goes down and they're left with debt, right? And it shouldn't be like that. You should never go into business thinking, okay, this is my dream. This is my aspiration. And because of decisions that you didn't think and they were fear-based, now you leave this business, this goal, this dream, and you still have to pay back for the mistakes that you made, right? So um, that's one of the biggest things. That's what I tell folks that do that. I'm like, don't do it. I know it's hard. God knows I know it's hard. But at the same time, you have to have that discipline. And then you have to go by like, do I really want to be in business for five years? Yeah, I do. Okay, well, then that means that if it's a baby mama that's acting crazy, like you need to be like, yo, relax, yo, for real. Like, I'm going to get it. Just give me some time. I can get it out of that business right now. And I, not to say anything bad about baby moms, because I understand. I get it. Like, I'm a baby mom, right? But um but what I mean is like, it, it's just the outside noise. That's, that's the perception, you know, before mofos be like, bitch, like, well, my kid needs it. You know, <laughs> like I get it, <laughs> but come after me. I'm just saying, this is as a business person, a business owner, this is the way you have to think. And it's, it's a lot of discipline because um, when you have a child, their needs come first and I get it. I understand it, but it can't be something that happens over time. And, and continuously happen you know every week you know she's like yo the kid needs a hundred bucks and you're like didn't i just give you a hundred bucks last week yeah. I, i'm getting like that i'm being over but no no it, 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 it be like that though um yeah I, I live with my i when when my girlfriend was pregnant i told her i don't want obey moms that's why like, yeah well, if, if, if we're gonna stick it out like whatever happens like we we, we rocking it out 
you know yeah. um, with with people we were talking about businesses and like when that when that emergency happens what do you believe in uh i heard i was on do you hear do, do you know about the app clubhouse no okay so it's a it's a, it's a great platform i can send you an invitation because it's only okay. by invites only oh so, yeah 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 um it's like ideal it's uh <laughs> It's well, I use it for connections to connect with people, networking. Mm-hmm. Some people use it to be ghetto. Um, oh. But I was hearing that people should start paying themselves as employees if you own yeah. a business. What do you think about that? Um, well, it's either what you're going to pay yourself. Um, what as a, as, a, as a business owner, usually what happens is you do a draw where you say, you know, every month I'm going to get paid $1,000, right? Um, The business owner that is living better than their employees in the first three years of business is not really a business owner. You know, they're just there to get, to juice it out, right? Um, And if you pay yourself as an employee, uh, you're probably going to benefit from, um, for example, if you're offering health insurance, if you're going at it as as the group rate, Obviously, your group rate is going to be less than if you are an entrepreneur that's paying your health insurance out of pocket. <clears throat> Sorry. So it, it depends on um, how many employees you have, because then I can give you better, better numbers. You know, you do a, an, a, an analysis of like, would it be better just to take the draw and then just pay everything else out of pocket? Or is it best to go as an employee, depending on how many employees you have? And the reason being is like, if you have a higher level of employees, your group rates, especially for health insurance, is much lower, right? If you have less, then obviously you're paying 300 or whatever, however you, whatever coverage you need. So I think of it in that respect. The problem with draws when it comes to business owners is that it's at your discretion, Right. And if you're a business owner, you know, you, you're already working, like, you know, it's not eight hours a day, you know, usually it's like 12 hours, you know, even 24 hours straight. Yeah, exactly. You see what I'm saying? So it's, it's no hair off your back to say, I deserve the five G's a month. Right. And that's where somebody like me comes in where I'm like, I get it. You're working really hard, but that right now that's not good for the business. Right. So it goes hand in hand. It's almost like an analysis where you play with the numbers and you say, well, if you're going to go at it as as an employee, um, make sure that you're not getting double taxed. Right. Because you're being taxed as an employee and then as a business owner, if you have depending on your business structure, if you're being taxed again. And if you go at it as a draw, make sure that you're not taking, you're not juicing too much because it's easy for you to um, validate the reasons why you're making that much money off the business, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I definitely understand that. I should I should have known that because I was juicing it. <laughs> I, I keep it real with you. Last year, I was juicing it um, because when I, when I obtained my EIN, I was able, a lot more doors opened up and I feel like, a lot of people who, you know, in Philly, they have, everybody have a clothing line. Yeah. Not everybody have an LLC or, or not even an EIN. And they, I know for a fact, they paying like $15, $18 a shirt to get made, you know. Right. It only take me $5 to make my shirt. Right. Right. Know? Um, And it's because I have an EIN. I have. Um, yeah. I have a take connection. A- I have a relationship with most of these warehouses. I drive right. to New York. I drive to New Jersey, and um, like this platform, Boss Talk is um, it's the series we on now. It's just teaching them more. Like it's really educating the community because I have a lot of people younger than me in my neighborhood that looks at me like, oh, I made it because I moved out of the neighborhood. I live in the Poconos. I didn't right. make it, bro. Like I still go through the same thing you go through. Right. Sometimes I don't have a full refrigerator, you know. Like, bro, it's okay. Like that's yeah. okay. And um, yeah. and I really feel like those like kids or teenagers, even people older than me, they come yeah. to me and ask for advice, you know. Um, so I really want you to to emphasize the the fact of having an EIN. Um, why is it so important and why is it so important to have a bank account, a business bank account? Oh, good. Well, you know, it's funny because I went, I just did a live uh, two days ago where I went into this, right? Um, was it 
like I said, I've been doing a lot of freaking talk. You went on a press oh. run. <laughs> no, but the EIN, um, as you well know, it's always good for product-based folks, right? Because a lot of the warehouses, if you want to get your cogs down, if you want your cost of goods, um, price per unit that you're, you're supplying down so that your profits are higher, you need an EIN because a lot of the wholesalers require that from you, right? It's a tax thing. Um, where they're saying the IRS is basically saying this is a legit business. They did register with us. You can go ahead and sell them at a much lower rate per unit than um, if they were to get it at retail price, right? And that's good. It, I'm glad that you asked that because I get that question a lot from also uh, my service-based. When you're service-based, you don't, no, don't necessarily need an EIN, right? Unless you go and completely do an S-corp or corporate, right? If, if you do, if you, if you're, Doing your business structure as such, then you definitely need an EIN for tax purposes. If you're doing LLC sole proprietorship, you don't have to focus on that unless you're product based, unless it's something that you need to get better rates from from your wholesalers, right? Um, so that's what I would say. I mean, that's my Cliff Notes version of that because I don't want to uh, get people like to like, holy shit, like what is she saying? Um, for, that's as far as EIN. Now, as far as business checking accounts, right? I say whether you're a sole proprietor or even as a corp, definitely get that. As soon as you say, hey, I'm going for this. This is the business. I'm going to do this. This is even it's a hustle like um, preparing food, you know what I mean? Doing platters from home. Get yourself a business checking account. This is going to help you keep track of everything that is coming out. It's very easy for you to say, I'm going to use that example. If you, For example, you're buying sofrito and you're going to Cousins. And it's very easy for you to say, well, you know, I need, I need some tomato sauce for the house anyway. Let me put it all together, right? And then when it comes down month over month to say, how much did I spend on the business? Did we even break even for you to look at your cousin's receipt? And you don't really want to go through line by line item and say, oh, shit, like, you know, the Goya cans are in here. Nobody does that. And I'm going to keep it real with you. You just take the one receipt and put it, okay, such and such from cousins, Um so when you have a business checking account, you don't have to deal with that headache. You know exactly what you spend on that. And that's why it's very important that I tell folks do not use it for personal stuff. Use it solely for your business. You will get a better idea of how profitable you are. If you keep it where you, you go in, in and out and, and saying, okay, I'm just going to use it this one time. Not even that one time. Because that one time is going to be like, well, I used it the last time. It wasn't a big deal. Let me use it again. You understand? So... It's important, even if it's a sole proprietor, like even when I lived in Philly, that I have friends that were selling pinchos from in front of our house on like hunting park. I'll be like, yo, you got to get a business account. I no te preocupes que los cupones, I just use the cupones to buy the carne. Que si que si otro. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I don't. All right. Let me just stop on that, on that note for that. But just always get a business <laughs> Because there's so many ways to hustle the flow with it things. Is. You know? It is. It is. Money, but what I'm saying is that always keep your your business expenses. Once you decide to be like, yo, I'm definitely doing this. Definitely go to Wells Fargo to wherever you need to go and say, I want to start a business, even if it's under your name. Just make sure it's something separate, so that if eventually you decide to go with the LLC, all you gotta do is change your name in that bank, and boom, it it's the record still stay uh, consistent. Whereas it's a whole lot harder to say, well, I've been in business for two years and now I'm getting my LLC. So now let me get, but then people are going to be like, well, the first two years, did you make any money? Well, yeah, I know I made money, but if you don't have concrete proof of that, then you didn't. Yeah, definitely. Um, did I go? Yeah, no, you, yeah, you're fine. Um, with what, what advice can you give somebody who's trying to come up in your field? Um, or in any like financial field that's out there? Do your homework, do your homework and be confident. Um, but when I say be confident, don't be cocky and arrogant without knowing anything. Just because you read something on Success Mag or you know you read something in Forbes, don't get cocky with it and be like, oh, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Understand that those publications are out there. And the only reason why I'm bringing that particular example is because I've known a lot of people be like, oh, but I read this in Forbes, like mofo. Like I read shit in US, you know, US Weekly. It doesn't mean it's true. You know what I mean? So 
I hate to say it like that, but know your fundamentals, especially when it comes to finance, because those things are going to help you to, to disseminate what is actual information and what is just bullshit that people are trying to feed you so that you can be at peace, right? Um, questions of the things that you've asked today, such as, you know, EIN, is it better to go with EIN? What is the EIN? Is it better to go as a sole proprietorship than an LLC? If you, if I didn't know the fundamentals of that, it would be very hard for me to give you a concrete answer. And then if to give you an answer and then you find out for sure, for sure, like what the shit is, and you'd be like, this bitch didn't know what she was talking about. I mean, not that you would call me a bitch, but I, I've said it plenty of times where people be like, this motherfucker didn't know what he was talking yeah, about. I had a lot of that. I'm like, bro, I, I'm like, yo, you really lied to me, bro. <laughs> That's not the way it goes. Right. So if you're going to be in this field, get yourself educated, truly educated, not by the publications. Don't think that you're solely going to rely on a For Dummies book and think that you, you know, financial analysis off the bat. It takes a lot of reading. It takes a lot of like blueprint. It's almost like, remember when JC threw out the blueprint album? All of a sudden, all the rappers were going right by what, you know, the way that he was rapping, everything else like that. It's a blueprint, right? You you, you want to read up on your Warren Buffetts. You want to read up on your Googles, on your Jeff Bezos. Like you want to read up on them because those people, if you learn through their mistakes and the, their hardships that they've been through when it comes to finance, any other industry, obviously, I would think it will be almost similar. You know, you can't you can't think you're going to start right here and start speaking confidently. It's It's very humbling when somebody proves you wrong and be like, yo, you don't know what you're talking about. So now it, it's humbling you and now you look like a fool in front of everybody, right? Definitely. <laughs> I, I, I definitely had that. I went to a warehouse without EIN and they kicked me out. And it was still, I'm like, damn. Like, I'm from Kensington. So when he told you, like, yeah, you got to get out. Like, right. I got to get out. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I, I almost forgot where I was at and who I'm trying to be. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah it's cool. I'm like, thank you. You know, because now you're giving me a lesson like, yo, yeah. grow up, you know? Yeah, it's humbling. But had you known prior, you know, you would have known I'm not walking in there without an EIN. Let me get my ass an EIN. It's free anyway, right? So, like, it's, that's what it is. With, I, I have two more questions. Um, yeah. <laughs> the um, Net30 accounts. I've been hearing a lot about Net30 accounts. Do you believe it's beneficial to have a Net30 account? A net 30, what does that mean? Okay. Like, I look uh, at it, finance, it's like you either have 45 days or 30 days to pay your bills. Like, yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so as like, far with, as, like with staples or something like that. Yeah. As far as cash flow in this, in this environment financially, I always advise folks to go with a net 45, right? It allows you to keep the money longer in case shit happens, right? See, this is this is why you can't have a conversation with me longer than 30 minutes because then I start cursing. That's fine. But okay. So if you wanna, if you if you're somebody, if you're if if you're a small business or a business in general that's having cash flow problem problems, and what that means is like they pay the bills and all of a sudden you don't have enough to pay, you know, if you have um, an employee or you have to pay a certain bills or whatever, right? If you're having if you're having problems in that respect, I will say a net 45, right? If you are somebody that has um, a cycle and a schedule when it comes to your bills that you know, okay, you have somebody already lined up, like your next client lined up and you have, if you know, you're selling your t-shirts, you know that the next, uh, th there's a vendor that's going to buy a certain amount of t-shirts or a certain amount of sweatshirts. Okay, you can, then you can do that net 30. But in this environment right now, I think I would advise more towards the net 45 um, because it gives you a better lead way for your cash flow. Obviously, for the vendor, they're going to fight you back and say, well, we need that cash. You know what I mean? So yeah. there might be a little pushback at that point, depending on how long you've been in relationship with them. They might just give you the net 45. But if it's a new client, they might just be like, no, you know, your credibility is not altogether there. So we're going to leave it at net 30. Because, again, it's the flip coin. Their cash flow needs to be rejuvenated right. every so you said you had a book, right? An ebook available. Yeah. yeah. Um, where could where could they find it at? In your um, Facebook, you said. In my right now, you can go to Charlotte underscore Sahario. I'm gonna send you the uh, the IG because 
you know, my dad messed me up with my last name. And uh, for my business, it's Sahario Financial, my IG at Sahario Financial. Either way, you can go in, you click on the link and the, and the download is free. And it's funny because like I went into it like, and I was, as I was, I was writing and I'm like, damn, I should zone this shit. Like, what am I doing? But good. when you said it was free, I'm like, shit, I'm going to go download that. And I'm going to tell it. later on, like, yo, you should sell yeah, right? They come back be like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, like, you tripping. Um, yeah. Um, with the last question here, I ask everybody this for the last question. What do you want your legacy to be? My legacy should always be that she explained it to me and not at me. Okay. You know what I mean? And I say that in every aspect of my life, that I was always able to have a conversation with you and not at you, um, because then I, I'm not serving you, right? Um, so that should always be my legacy. And of course, my son is my legacy, but if you, business-wise, that's my legacy. Personal-wise is that, you know, you always laugh more with me than you cried. Sure. Although people usually laugh till they cry with me. So I don't know. <laughs> should funny. Oh. On behalf of Inspired by True Events Network, we really want to say thank you for giving us the privilege to interview you. Um, thank you. I really learned a lot. I hope my, our viewers uh, learn a lot. This will be on all DSPs, all audio platforms. Um, it will be on YouTube. I will put all your links in the description. I would love for you to, to send me that. And yep. I just really want to say thank you for allowing us. Thank to you. Thank you so much. I'm glad you learned something.